This is a dill pickle, a mighty pretty pickle, especially when he joins you at the show. We have lots of pretty pickles waiting for you at the refreshment center. They're plump, tender, mouth-watering. Wouldn't one taste good right now? Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions Network. That is www.darkdiscussions.com. It is a all-news website where you can find all your genre news. So, horror, fantasy, sci-fi, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, foreign films, uh, television series, midnight movies, cult films, anime, uh, video games, uh, horror novels, all sorts of things. Uh, it's updated daily with new articles and columns, so, and people should go and check that out whenever they can. Uh, there's been recently four articles that were just posted this week, never mind numerous press releases and whatnot. Also, there's around 30 different podcasts where about 10 of them are almost uh, weekly, and you can listen to any of them right off the website, or you can listen to them through wherever podcasts are found. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews can be found on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, iHeartRadio, whatever. Um, but what you can do is you can search for Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, and that will bring up the feed. Or you can search for Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts, and that will also have this podcast on it, but it also will have every other podcast on the network. Though the first one is just uh, this podcast alone. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going, my friend? I'm doing all right. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Uh, folks who are curious, uh, we are recording this on December 28th, 2020, a few days after Christmas. Uh, so hopefully folks had a wonderful uh, Christmas, uh, no whatever way you celebrate it, and a few days before the new year. Uh, hopefully we will have this episode released sometime in the first or second week of January. Uh, we're trying to release. Uh, right now we're doing two films that are brand new releases, and so we're going to try to get those up almost immediately. And then we also have uh, another film right after that we're, we're going to record, uh, which is uh, a uh, tribute to uh, one of our uh, favorite uh, actresses that passed away in 2020. And that will be a horror film as well. Um, now, uh, for folks who want to uh, comment on the podcast, you can email darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or you can just press contact us on the darkdiscussions.com website, which will bring up a contact form, and you can type in your email there, and it will be sent to us as if it was an email. Um, and we will read your emails on the podcast. Um, all right, so that's pretty much uh, the house cleaning. Um, 
what we are here, basically, uh, we talk about genre films, uh, all sorts of genre films, sometimes uh, uh, classics or, I guess, midnight movies, but also sometimes new films as well. And tonight, uh, we're going to do a new film. Um, and uh, Kevin, what is that topic tonight? Uh, tonight, we are reviewing from Shudder. A Good Woman is Hard to Find, filmed in Northern Ireland. Can I speak to Detective Baker or Barnes? They're looking after my husband's case. Is this about a restraining order? No. And they're from the police? No. Not a state. Nothing good ever came out of it. Don't understand it. If you can talk, why doesn't he just talk? Do you need money? I'm fine. Get out, get out, get out, get out! Who else is here? It's just the three of us. I have two little kids. We just lost their dad. I don't know where to stash this. I don't want any part of this. I don't. Nobody knows I'm here. Nobody knows this is here. That's perfect. Five days. I give you a cut, everyone's laughing. I can't have drugs in there. I stole that bag off Miller's mouth. They'll be looking for you. Sarah, you have two children. I know. Tell me where he is. I'm aware that your husband died. He was murdered. It must be difficult for you. What with the fact that the police have done nothing to find his killer? Better get your shit together. I mean with the children. No, they're my children. I'm their mother. And I love them. Oh, that's right. A Good Will is Hard to Find uh, is a film on the television network Shudder, which is a paid network similar to uh, Netflix. Uh, it is available wherever apps are found, so you can just download the app. Um, it's a monthly fee of around three fifty to five dollars a month, depending on how you decide to become a member. Uh, so if you just watch one film, it basically pays for the month. Uh, a Good Woman is Hard to Find is, as Kevin noted, a UK film. Uh, the film is uh, a Northern Irish film, as he mentioned. Uh, the lead actress, Sarah Bulger, uh, is a Irish or Northern Irish uh, actress at this point. Uh, she was in the horror film Emily a few years ago, uh, playing a babysitter and also the antagonist. And folks should definitely check that film out. It is a very good film. Uh, the film is directed by Abner Pastol, and also it is written by someone named Ronan Blaney. Uh, other folks uh, in the, the cast are generally unknowns, at least in the United States, uh, to my knowledge. Uh, but if anybody um, knows who they are, they, they can bring it up in a moment. Uh, this is uh, what I have for the IMDb for the film. Uh, and wiki and whatever. Uh, the crowd-pleasing and violent kitchen sink revenge story is a dark, endearing journey through Northern Ireland's criminal underbelly. Recently widowed mother of two, Sarah, is desperate to know who murdered her husband in front of their young son, rendering him mute. 
And uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, here it is. Uh, coerced into helping a low-life drug dealer, she's forced to go beyond her humanity to protect her children and learn the truth. Um, so that's uh, what I got there. And then uh, I do have one other one I want to bring up, which is another quick little synopsis. And this synopsis states... Uh, recently widowed young mother will go to any lengths to protect her children as she seeks the truth behind her husband's murder. And that's pretty much it. So, uh, Shudder, for folks who are curious, uh, is usually a, a horror station. Uh, they, they're well known for horror films. They're owned by American Movie Channel Network. Um, and they generally focus on horror films, though they do have a lot of thrillers and, and uh, mysteries as well. Um, some folks are at least IMDB and, and other places are actually calling this film more a crime thriller drama rather than a horror film, though it does most certainly have some horrific elements. Uh, let's go around and discuss how we, sorry, I'm sorry. I was considering this more of a dark drama rather than a horror. Yeah. And that's fair too. Yep. All right. So let's go around and discuss how we heard about this film and our experience watching it and what we felt. So uh, let's start with you, Kevin. Uh, I haven't even heard of this movie until about three days ago when you pretty much said, hey, Kevin, we're doing this uh, movie called Good Woman is Hard to Find uh, before we get back, uh, like, you know, right right after Christmas. And I just said, oh, OK, I'll, I'll have to watch it then. And I watched it while I was on vacation, and it was decent. It was good. I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, sounds good. Uh, all right, so I'll go next. Um, yeah, I actually, um, it was movie night with my wife. She wanted to watch a movie, so uh, we started going through places to discover uh, any films that seemed of interest. Um, we went through... Uh, Hulu and a couple other places, but then we landed up over in Shutter. hadn't gone there for a while, um, and immediately uh, I went by this film. But my wife said, "Hold it!" I said, "What? what go back." So I, I slide back a little bit. We see this film. She says, "Yeah, let's uh, check the trailer for that." Uh, so we opened it up. The trailer oddly uh, wasn't working. We just kept on getting the spinning disc on our Apple TV. But um, she did like the synopsis, and she said, "Let's just watch it." Uh, I said, okay, sure. And, um, so I watched it with her and, um, my feelings about this film is that it is, uh, the best genre film I've seen in 2020. Um, I absolutely love this film. Um, it had, uh, thrilling aspects as a thriller. It had horror aspects as, uh, we'll discuss, uh, it had a great mystery to it. It also had uh, a good, great acting. Uh, the story was solid as hell, and uh, I did like the um, working class feel of the film. So uh, my wife also enjoyed it, and we would say, uh, or I would say specifically, that this is a big thumbs up for me. Uh, let's go over to you, Barrett. Yeah, um, I had heard about this because of you. Um, and so I checked it out and I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I thought it was really well done. 
It's a slow boil. Um, so you have to really be ready to be into it. Um, but the story itself is really well told and I really like the main actress. I thought she did a really good job. If there had been a worse actor playing that role, um, it might not have been as good a movie. All right. Sounds good. So it appears, uh, all three of us, uh, liked it to some degree. Um, I, I think, uh, offline Barrett, you actually mentioned that you thought it was one of your top five possibly of the year for genre films, maybe, or at least if we consider it's, it a horror film. Yeah. Genre films for sure. In the top 10, if we considered it a horror film, um, it's definitely up there. Uh, this, the end of the year, we've seen quite a few pretty good things. Um, that I don't feel like the middle of my year <laughs> had. So the beginning of the year and the end of the year have been pretty good. So my list is uh, a little bit questionable right now, but um, still kind of moving around, but it's definitely in the top 10. Right, right. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, oddly, uh, Q3 of 2020 was probably the weakest of the four quarters of the year because, yeah, the first half of the year, there was a lot of really good films that came out, and then it kind of slowed down. Uh, maybe because people were, were hoping that um, the COVID would pass. And then when everybody decided that the COVID didn't want to pass, and it wasn't going to pass and all that other wonderful stuff, uh, all the good movies started popping up again in, in Q4. And uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. Um, all right. So uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, uh, we – uh, not only review, but we also critique the film. So there will be a lot of spoilers. We're going to discuss uh, a lot of stuff. Um, the the scenes that we will discuss will obviously be in detail. Um, even even the, the little wiki IMDB thing that I read earlier basically um, gave a little bit uh, of the plot. I actually went in cold because I didn't even read the the blurb when I saw the film uh though my wife did and she, and she said yeah let's watch this um so yeah uh, I, I didn't read it either so i was totally you know blind to what it was going to be about i had no idea yeah i was totally blind going in too oh that's good yeah so all three of us uh yeah just saw the title or, or heard about the title and we all just watched it and uh um that's actually sometimes the best way to to do do so um, well, I watched it because you told me, hey, Kevin, this is what we're watching. <laughs> sure, sure. That makes sense. Um, all right. So, um, uh, yeah, so I'll just do a quick setup uh, over and above what the IMDb wiki and all that wonderful stuff said. Uh, but um, basically, um, we have... Uh, a young woman uh, named, uh, let's see what her name is again, Sarah, uh, Sarah so it's actually the same name as the lead actress, um, Sarah Collins. Uh, she's a widow, uh, has a little boy and a little girl. Uh, the little boy is traumatized because we find out uh, pretty quick that her f husband was murdered on the street while walking his son uh, one um, dusk evening. And uh, they living in a various working class area of uh, the the city or town they live in. Um, there, unfortunately, are some seedy elements that 
one can unfortunately run into. Uh, his death, uh, the man's death, her husband, uh, was ruled a drug-related death by the police. So the police uh, have been very slacking and trying to solve the, the murder because they just assumed it was uh, one drug dealer getting murdered by another drug dealer. Um, whether that's true or not, um, to have the the man be killed in front of his son, you would think the police would be a little more, um, I guess, interested in the case, but uh, not the case. Uh, the son, as stated, is traumatized, so he is mute. He refuses to speak. He won't talk, um, but he does communicate. Uh, but unfortunately, he, he most certainly has issues. Uh, the mother, Sarah, takes him to uh, counseling because of the, the the government, I guess, in the UK requires it, which is probably a good thing anyway because the boy um, isn't speaking, so obviously they want to find out if they can help him. But also she does have, um, I guess, a child services that comes to visit every so often as well, which that itself isn't a good thing uh, because those people, um, as, as we, we know, can be a little... Uh, abusive of their power. Um, and she's convinced, meaning uh, Sarah, that her husband was actually not a drug dealer and he was murdered uh, in a, a random act of violence um, on the street. And the police refused to uh, take her word for it. And since they have already ruled it as a drug-related death, um, they look at her as a possible uh, individual uh, that may also dabble in a criminal element such as drugs. Um, and that's pretty much the, the setup. Though the first scene, um, and this is an interesting point that you made, Barrett, which is the, the movie is a slow burn at some point, so specifically um, as they build up the back story of the woman and her dilemma with the police and, and whatnot. But the first scene, she's covered with blood in the bathroom. Um, and for a film, that's going to be a slow burn for a little bit. I think it was a great way to open the film, even if it was a flash forward uh, from where the movie is ultimately going to open up. What say you? Uh, yeah. Let's... Go on. I was going to say, yeah, I think it was, um, and okay, flash forward, you know, it just was very short and kind of gave you an idea of what was to come very limitedly. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was pretty well done. What about you, uh, Kevin? What, what was your thoughts of the woman? Uh, we were just brought into the film, seeing this woman all bloody in her apartment, um, kind of. Not comatose, but but in, in you know tunnel vision in a sense because of some well, traumatic sort of shock. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Shock. Yeah, yeah. she was in she was in shock, and um, you know she's she's showering off all this blood off of her, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, how'd that happen? And then the next thing you know, she's in you know in a grocery store with her kids, and you're and at first I'm thinking, wait a minute, how did wait what? And then you realize pretty quickly, oh, this is this you know the the blood scene all that is something that hadn't happened yet so you just kind of wait for it to wait for that for for that moment to come in but yeah i mean they they did a good job with uh 
uh, what you call it, uh, you know, at the start, you know, because I mean, you, you've seen shows like that. You know, it's it's not the first time they've done it. Obviously, it's not the last. But they, yeah, that it it worked. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, when, when we do uh, see the next scene, like you stated, uh, in the grocery store, uh, this is where we uh, learn bits and pieces of her story. And it's done quite well without real exposition, uh, because this scene here, we find out that she has some uh, issues with money uh, because, you know, she can't necessarily pay a uh, full um, price for, for various items. And, and then, you know, the clerk says don't worry about it and don't be embarrassed and whatnot. And then we also see some lech that works at a store that sees this uh, woman who um, is a single mother, widow with two kids who has limited resources and kind of um, eyes her as a potential uh, maybe um, someone she he could he could turn into a prostitute or something where he could or. or be her sugar daddy or something. So I kind of so, felt like I thought he was basically calling her a prostitute and he wanted yeah, to have sex with her. Was, right. And he, he was, was yeah, he, yeah was, he was saying she had money, so she must be a prostitute. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and that's what, what I, I was, I was thinking eventually where, yeah, he thought he could probably offer her money for sex. If, if, if he could, and that she was, possibly the type that would because of her situation never mind the fact that like you said every so often whenever the welfare checks show up she suddenly has extra cash and and he's just assuming that it's prostitution money or escort money or or whatever they call it streetwalker money i I don't know what it what it is but whatever a, a woman of the night when we first see i mean when we first see him you know this guy at the store it was um at first you think he's kind of trying to be helpful, you know, but then really, cause it, what, ha- I mean, what happens is, is that they're in the store and she has written down a certain amount. It's like 17 pound, you know, 1780 something, you know, in euros. And no, it's not euros. It's, it's pounds. That's right. That's yeah. right. The euros. Yeah. Maybe it's, so she had 17 pounds, 80 pence or whatever. And her son grabs a candy bar and just eats it. And so this guy's sitting there and he's like, you know, here, I'll take this up for you or whatever. And at first it's almost like, are you going to, at first I thought, oh, maybe he'll be nice and pay for it or whatever, because maybe he notices that she needs help. And then, nope, nope, nope. He, uh, he has her pay for it, which, okay, fine. That's, I mean, that's fair. But then. But he, he's trying to make it make himself look like he's actually trying to help. But he's like, no, you're you're not. And then later on, she comes into some money, and that's when he starts accusing her of of, of being a prostitute. And it's just like, and I remember remember seeing that. It's like, good night. That was rude. Like, where'd that, yeah, that come? That guy was a complete dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he was definitely a jerk. Right, right. So, so it, we get a, a a general day in the life of her situation, and then then there's another scene, kind of right quickly after, where she is at the police station and, and asking if you know there's any more updates on her husband's murder, and and the murder happened, I think what six months ago, maybe I forget what it was, it was six or, or twelve, 
Yeah, something like that. Somewhere and, with yeah, yeah, and and the the woman cop is basically quite rude to her, stating you know um, you know if there's any leads we'll let you know. Um, well, actually, what this she is, said was is yeah. let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, that's actually another true. Way to forget it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it could come back on you worse. Basically, is what it sounded like. Yeah, and, and basically, you know, we're not going to waste our time um doing doing uh detective work on uh street crimes that are related to what they consider drugs. Right. Yeah, it well and basically it does come back on her later on when they come to her house. Right. Yeah, yeah. They do we'll, treat we'll... her badly, so I think it's partly because she she's going in there all the time and bothering them, so they don't like that she's asking them to keep looking into this crime. Right, right. And they look at her as, uh, you know, uh, quote unquote, white trash. And they also look at her as um, a widow of a drug dealer. And she had to know. Yeah, she had to know something was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And and, and it's kind of humorous, too, because uh, she she we we learn another thing. We, We meet her mother. She's somewhat estranged from her mother because her mother. Um. Nasty. Also, a, a widow. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it is it's most certainly nasty. But um, if we look at her side of the story, the mother was upset that she would marry uh, the man that she did because she felt the man was white trash. And so because of that, uh, there's always been a a, uh, a thorn on her side. And, and she kind of yeah dislikes um or I, I guess their relationship is isn't that good because of of basically who she married. Um and then we also uh learn about the son being the mute and going to the uh psychologist. They basically say that he seems fine. I uh, wouldn't worry about it. He'll speak when when he wants to speak. When he's ready. Yeah, when he's ready. Yeah, when he's ready. When he's ready. Could uh, be when so he's that, fifty, but you know, he'll talk eventually. Right. Well, I, I kind of looked at it as that they felt that it w- it would happen sooner than fifty. In other in other words, they didn't they weren't concerned, and I don't think it was necessarily incompetence or laziness or just going. Who cares? No, I don't think so either. But I think they needed to be maybe a little more comforting for her. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. give her an idea of what might spark him speaking again. Maybe if she could do certain things, you know, they didn't seem all that helpful. Let's put it that way. Well, it didn't sound like they really knew what to what would do it either. That's the problem, because they said, yeah, he will talk again, but we don't know. Uh, It's the problem is, is that when you're dealing with something like, you know, psychology, it there's only so much you can you can do, you know, because it's not an exact science or anything like that. So, I mean, they, you know, she was having a tough, I mean, they can't make them talk. And so there's like, no, I just don't feel like they were giving her tools to be able to work with them. That might make her feel more comfortable. You know what I mean? Like it just was like, Hey, let's go in Oh, Nothing we can do. He's going to talk eventually. (laughs) Well, I kind of feel more like Kevin, like, you know, they weren't sure either. But I see your point, Barrett. 
even though I, I feel you're a little harsh on them, but I see your point, which is they could have whitewashed or did a white lie or something just to make her feel a little better, I guess. Well, it's not just that. It's I understand your your both of your points as well. It's just I feel as the professionals, she's not a professional as far as psychology is concerned. They're supposed to give her those tools so that she can be able to deal with it better. And I don't feel like because there's two parts of the equation, not just the fact that the little kid's not talking, the fact that she doesn't necessarily know how to deal with it is the other part. And that's where they were failing in their responsibility is how I felt. If that explains it better. I don't know. Yeah, I see your point. Um, again, uh, I, I'm not sure how um, the UK and specifically Ulster, Northern Ireland, um, social services for and, and therapy work, but I, I would assume it would be very much similar to the United States. So, yeah, maybe, maybe you know what this may be then if, if you're, your point is valid, Barrett. Is that these are the um, the up, the appointed yeah. lawyer type thing? Yep. It's, it's instead of appointed lawyer for someone that can't afford a lawyer, it's the appointed uh, therapist for someone who can't uh, afford a therapist. So you get the bottom of the barrel or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They they didn't go to Cambridge or Oxford. They went to you know whatever random college and And they probably have a thousand cases too (laughs) right yeah exactly because this didn't seem like it was um a daily thing it was definitely more um, uh, it seemed actually maybe even a monthly thing because the way they were talking to her it was like they hadn't seen him for a bit it wasn't like they just didn't see him like last week and said because you know something like what they told her about him he'll speak when he's ready that doesn't sound like something they would say to someone that they just saw a week earlier. It would be someone that they hadn't seen for maybe a month or two. So, yeah, so maybe you're right. Maybe it's one of those where they have a thousand cases and, and they only can get to each one of them once a month or whatever. And, yeah, and there's only so much you can do for somebody that has that issue as well. Right. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's a terrible story for the son. Uh, not only did he lose his, his father, who he loved dearly, but he also lost his father uh, from a murder, and he also lost his father from a murder that he actually saw. And yeah. unfortunately, because he, he's not speaking, he can't um, give any information to the police because of it. Right. Um and who knows what the police think? Maybe they, they think the kids can speak and he's purposely not talking because he doesn't want to, you know, tell on his father's business partner. Oh, who knows? You know, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what the cops think? But either way, the cops are, are most certainly um, corrupt themselves, it seems. Uh, if not corrupt, they're definitely amoral at, at best. Well, I mean, the police here, I mean... I wouldn't exactly call, I mean, they didn't seem corrupt. I I don't think I would call them corrupt, but I mean, when I, when I was listening, I mean, watching them. They're incompetent, maybe? Amoral? Um, I, maybe. Uncaring? Yeah, uncaring. Uh, A paycheck, Uh, just give me my paycheck, I don't care. 
Well, I think it was more like you were mentioning earlier, since it was a drug deal, they really didn't want to put a lot of time and effort into it. So they so well, they just figured, OK, you know, why bother? This is just a maybe maybe they thought, OK, this is a loser drug dealer. You know, glad he's dead. Let's move on. Well, this is what amoral means, amoral, lacking a moral sense, unconcerned with the rightness or wrongness of something. Um, so like, even and, and yeah, even if this is uh, a two bit drug dealer that was shot. They know he was shot in front of this, his son. And it still is a crime that they took an oath to solve. I mean, if you become a police officer, you take an oath to basically uh, do justice no matter who the victim is or what the yep. crime is. Yep. So that's the reason why I guess I'm, I'm more sour on the police than, than I would usually be. Well, I was a little sour on them later on. In, in the yes. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, for a couple reasons, but I mean, well, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just say that the police were, they went from uncaring to, I wouldn't say corrupt, but um, I don't know how, how I would say it, Un, uncaring to... Well, they, you know what? I'm I, actively messing with her. They were propositioning her, too. Well, no, they. I don't think they were propositioning her. I don't either. But the I think they were threatening her to make her stop talking, yeah. going well, in and asking them to keep looking at it. Yeah, and I think they were also, um, they, yeah, they were pushing her around a little bit. They were trying to intimidate her. Um you know, they're maybe a little power hungry. Oh, let's just, just say this. There's a scene where the police come in to her house and it looks like they were trying to find stuff on her anyway. And because of this incident that they would and they they were going to call and see, it didn't sound like child services was even like, you know, we would call it social services, I think. But like child services wasn't even called in until until this in the, until this particular incident happened. But I mean, first of all, the police come in and they're looking around first, actually, first of all, they come in without being invited. Now, I don't well, know about British rule, but in the, in, in the United States, if a police officer comes to your door, they cannot come in. They cannot come in without a warrant. Now, I don't know what it's like in, in Great Britain, but in the United States, if a police officer comes to your door they cannot come in unless invited or they have a warrant. These guys just walked right on in. And well, they did have, have a reasonable suspicion that something might have been going on because I got a report of a screen. Yeah, actually, no, actually, but, I, actually no. in the U.S., they can come in, too, if, if they're, they heard a report of a scream, I think. Yeah, they can. That she says there's no problem, there's no problem. But she could have been at gunpoint or something. I mean, they don't they just don't know. So they'd have well, to go it, in there. Was, to talk to well, I mean, when they opened up the door, it was obvious she was not at gunpoint. No, and no. She, but but, but said, her kids could be or something. Be, right. Or or yeah. there was it a could fire. be a hostage situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it was a hostage situation, they wouldn't have just strolled on in. No, and no. But, but the point, the point, the point is in with the, somebody with a gun. 
they could have gotten shot. I mean, no, no, but but the point Barrett is making is, and it's a valid point, is a cops if they're they're called to a home based off of a nine one one call or whatnot, and and the call mentioned screams. They, I, I think they have even in the United States access to the house because there's a potential crime in progress. I think I'm, I'm you know, you know, I, I don't know how it works. This is a really good question, you know, because, because you're right. If it's a drug deal, they have to get a warrant and then they can come in and that's how they, you know, they break into that houses. Cops break into a houses because they have a warrant to, you know, raid the house. But, I, I don't know. If she said no, you can't come in. Could they just barge in, and or would they have to go back to the office, get a, a warrant, and come right back? I, I don't know because they could say that there was, in their opinion, there was a potential danger. But either way, before we get into all that, we, we have, that's way after yes. um, an imp, um, important aspects to the film. So all right, so yeah, so let's get back to uh, I guess the thing that sets up the the whole film uh in motion um basically um we cut away from our main character and we see this guy um and we learn later that his name is tito uh nicknamed or named after a marshal tito of yugoslavia uh who was the leader during uh the cold war of yugoslavia one of the few communists that told both the chinese and the soviets to go fuck themselves um <laughs> he actually uh, the baseball player Tito Francona is also named after him, as, well, as a matter of fact, which is the father of Terry Francona, who is uh, the World Series winning uh, Boston Red Sox manager and uh, is now the manager of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, but anyway, um, anyway, but either way, uh, Tito decides that uh, or knows of uh, this this crime boss Leo Miller, who uh, has a couple of goons that do his his drug dealings on the street. And what he does, Tito decides to do, is basically steal the drugs from Leo's goons. And rather than do it with guns and masks, he, what he does instead is he steals a car, crashes it into their car while they're parked waiting to sell drugs. The car pop, breaks the trunk. The trunk pops open, and he, he takes all the drugs from the trunk and bolts. And uh, to escape, he uh, basically um, breaks into Sarah's apartment. Does he break in? Well, he just opens the door, and, and right. she had him to Back door open, unlocked, and he just opens the door and runs in, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of on her for leaving that open. She should have locked it, but... Yeah, especially the neighbor. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think up. what happened was that she would, she barely even got into the house. She did barely even had time to, to lock the door. So it's not like it wasn't all on her. It just seemed like she just... It's just almost like she set something down, and she turned around, and all of a sudden he's there. It's not like she she left it open like way too long. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I I, I remember it wrong. No, I don't think it was long. But you know, right? right. Either, either way, I get in. 
<laughs> Either way, you don't usually think someone is just going to open your door in the middle of the day while you're at home, uh, you know, where, where everybody's outside walking around. Uh, you don't expect that to happen. So, yeah, I wouldn't blame uh, the woman either. I mean, during the summer, you know, I have my front door open and all that is between entering my house is a, is a, a screen that someone could kick in if they wanted to. Right. So, I mean, we, we all do that, especially during the summer. So. Well, yeah. and I, had, I had a friend when he lived in this one apartment, a girl just knocked on the door and he opened the door and she just came walking right in. And a few minutes later, the cops came by to grab her. <laughs> but, you know, it was like one of those things where she just walked in like she knew us. Sure. Well, and that's that's fair because this is, you know, like for her, this Sarah, she lives in a very urban area that may have uh, bad elements. Uh, it's not like where I live or, or where either you guys live where you could leave your door open in the summer and you're not going to have to worry about a criminal, you know, running into your house. But either way, either way, we're, we're you know, we're, we're arguing about, we're not arguing, we're discussing about, you know, was she a fool for not locking her door? Whether it was she just got in and was still bringing in groceries or whether she just had it unlocked because the kids were running in and out to the backyard. The point is, is you're not expecting a criminal to barge in. So no. he barges in. And uh, she's freaking out, trying to say, please, please leave, please leave, please leave. And um, he refuses and he's hiding. And then she notices what he's noticing, which is the two goons are searching the neighborhood for somebody. And obviously she understands that that somebody is him. Um, so, yeah, she she's, um, has not many options. Uh, as we, we noticed later, we found out the reason why she's not calling the cops uh, is because they already think she's part of the the drug cartel in the area because of her, hus- her husband's um, death. And also, uh, we do learn that um, the cops are assholes, as, as we were discussing a little while ago, uh, and don't like her. So... She doesn't find, feel she's going to get any help from them. She's also a little timid at this point, too. Yes. She she seems a little like she doesn't want to raise her voice almost. It feels like in this part of the film, like she's very, very timid, not not wanting to confront. Um, she wants him gone, but she's not really like yelling at him to leave. She's just like, I want you to leave. Well, right. she's, well she does have two kids. Scared. Right. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying at this point, she's timid. Yeah. And she has the two little kids. She, she runs in the, to the back hall, grabs them and puts them in their room. And she says, don't come out. Because she well, doesn't know. Part of her has got, it, it feels like this is possibly a pathway to finding out about her husband. I think that's very small part of her at this point, but I think it's in the back of her mind. That's an interesting Point, uh, Barrett. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that is possible because she does bring it up later. Yeah, I think no, you know, you're right. Does Kevin? Him, him dealing the drugs is, you know, he's part of that that crowd in that area that's dealing drugs, and I just think she gets this sense, and so she's she has a part of her that doesn't want him to leave because could be answers. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and she most certainly does ask questions. Um, as Kevin mentioned, um, yeah, I, I felt, uh, at this point that this guy was harmless. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, he, he, he was fairly kind to her at first. He just said, you know, it made it sound like he just needed her place to hide until the, the goons left. I felt uh, insane to start. Like he just was off, off kilter. Oh, there's no doubt he, he, he was, he's definitely, I mean, he has criminal elements in his behavior for sure. So, um, he's definitely has some sort of moral deficiency for sure. Um, but he didn't, he didn't seem at that point, in my opinion, to be a harm to her. I felt he was a harm to her at that point because of the people who are looking for him, not because of him. What about you, Kevin? What did you think? Well, no, he was he was dangerous. I mean, he was yeah, definitely. Gun, right? Well, he, yeah. well, we didn't even know he had a gun. We did not know he had a gun um, when we first meet him. We don't we don't find out that he has a gun until much later. Uh, well, not much later. We don't find out he has a gun until later. But the thing is, he comes in. He he forcefully. I mean, he pushes her. I mean, he pushes her around, pretty much grabs her, you know, it's like, you're going to listen to me. You're going to, you know, you're going to shut up. You're going to do what I say, you know, and she's like, I don't want you here. And then he gets all uppity and violent almost at her just saying, Hey, you know, that's not nice. That's being rude. You know, and of course she, she's apologizing, you know, because, Oh no. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, he, I mean, let's face it. He was a threat when he first meets her because one, he is scared because, you got these two goons after him, you know, and, you know, he knows he just stole a whole lot of drugs that's worth a lot of money and that's going to set him up pretty well. But, you know, he's trying to, you know, he, he's doing, he's going through all this. Of course, she has no idea what's going on. And then, you know, he's doing all, he's forcing her. He's like, you know, you're going to shut up. And of course now, because he realizes they, she has kids you know, it's it's obvious that, hey, this guy can threaten the kids, you know, and he could be a serious threat to the kids. So she she is submissive, like, OK, OK, I'll I'll participate, you know, I'll I'll submit, you know, I'll obey what you want because she's like, hey, you know, I don't I, I don't I don't want my kids hurt. I mean, this guy could potentially kill her kids. And then the next thing you know after everything seems to settle down and, and the bad guys are gone, she asks, well, can you please leave now? And he starts getting agitated again and almost angry and starts getting angry again, which means he could get violent again. And so she's getting, I mean, she's obviously scared, you know, and she does not want her kids hurt because pretty much her kids are her life right now. And, you know, she, yeah, so this guy is a threat. There is no doubt about it, gun or not, he is a threat. What's interesting, though, is the kids are her life, but she does eventually kind of put them in danger. Explain. Well, because she wants to find out more about her husband and how he died and who maybe killed her, killed him, she tr- keeps asking him questions, you know, and trying to find things out and lets him come back to the house after going out to sell drugs. 
Uh, I think you're mistaken no, I, there. She I, she did not. He basically threatened her and said, I'm leaving the drugs here and I'm using here as my, um, I guess, my, my, my base of operations. So base of operations. Right. But it, she did not agree to it. And she lets him come back in the house. No, she does not. He comes back in. But the thing is, is that because she knows that this because this guy said, let me in or I'll break the window. So she lets him in. She could have in between while he was gone and coming back, called the police or done something, gotten her kids out of there. She was afraid. She was afraid. Well, first. Well, she can't call the cops because the cops don't like her. She could have taken her kids to her mom's. Well, first of all, okay, first of all, she didn't know he was coming back because she didn't know he knew drugs. He said that he was going to be selling and using that as a base of operations. Yeah, she, he did hide the drugs there, and she knew Later? he'd get the drugs. No, at this point, he goes out to sell some of the drugs because he wants to use that as his base. Well, he, right, he but I think at the time. I, I don't he know that at the time. Uh, also, also, Barrett, I don't, I, I don't think she allowed this. I mean, there was nothing she could do about it because at that point, while he's there, there's nothing she could do about it. But once he leaves and goes to sell the drugs. She could have taken her kids out of there to some other safe location. Well, she thought that that was it. She thought that the guy was going to be gone and that was it. And he wasn't going to he wasn't going to come back. Now, that that may have been foolishness, but it wasn't. OK, that was foolish. OK, but it wasn't. Um, what was I going to say? It wasn't. uh you know, neglectful or participating because she even, I mean, so many times she said she wouldn't even take his money. She wouldn't take his money. money. No, she didn't want to participate in that, but she could, I feel she could have gotten her kids to safety. I'm not going to agree on this one. So you can move on. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you're right. She was foolish. I don't argue that at all. You're right. She could have brought her kids elsewhere. Correct. Yeah, she could have. But, but that, but that has nothing time. to do with her allow, uh, agreeing and allowing him to, right. to come back. I no. think part of him part, part of him coming back is because she wants to know more about her husband. No. So I feel like that is part of it all. I don't because I, he I, he said he didn't know anything about her really about the husband really. Yeah, but that doesn't mean since he's selling drugs, he must be part of the drug crowd in that area so she figures she can find out more by going through him i don't know i think i think i think you're, you're assuming that because once he says he doesn't know anything you after that it's it's you're assuming that eventually she thinks you're assuming that she's thinking that she's going to eventually spill the beans on what happened no and no I no i think she's thinks that there's other contacts he has out there that might lead her to what she wants to know. Not right, but she never him. says that out loud or anything like that. You're just assuming this. Well, there's a lot of things we assume in the film. You're right. assuming that she, did, she didn't take her kids somewhere else because of some reason. So yeah, there's I, I'm not quite sure about the reason. You're right. Uh, that's an excellent question. But I, I don't think she wanted him to come back. I, I think she wanted him out for good. I, mean, I think part of her did. <laughs> she didn't want him back. I mean, when she when he came back, he, she pretty much said, "Hey, can you leave? Go away. I don't want you here." 
yeah, to do your operations elsewhere. I don't want your money, right. et cetera, et cetera. And, and he said, no, I'm using this place. Because, he, you know, he already thinks he all right, has something good here because she's hasn't gone to the cop. She's scared of him. It's a location close to all his contacts and, you know, central, central to all his contacts. And um, it's a place that no one would know about. No one would think about looking for him there. Right, we can exactly. move from this point. Fair we enough. can move from this point. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the thing that that starts the the, the whole whole thing basically. Um, this guy basically deciding to use her ra- randomly unlucky for her to uh, hide into her house and then decide to use the location as his base of operations in his, I mean, in her neighborhood. In a way, you could look on it as lucky. What was that? Oh, we did that? You could kind of look at it as lucky because eventually it does give her some closure. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oddly, how the film turns out, it's all to eventually turns to her benefit, but obviously it, it wasn't intentional to be, I mean, it, it looked bad. Yeah. Well, it's all bad <laughs> even to the end, but <laughs> one sure, sure. gold in there. Right. Right. Well, the, yeah, the cops weren't going to do anything. For, that's for sure. Uh, because if she'd have called them, they would have just arrested her for drugs. They wouldn't that's, have looked any further. Exactly. My wife said the same thing. That's what that's what I was saying. I, I was going, why doesn't she just do this? You know, when the next big scene happens, you know, after, you know, the, the flash forward scene. And my wife says, oh, because the cops will just come and not only arrest her for one crime, but they would also arrest her as as a participation in, in selling drugs. Yep. You know? And why why would they believe her if they already believe her husband to be a druggie? A drug dealer. So they already think she's involved. I mean, they. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So let's let's get into the the big scene that um, I guess. Well, well, basically, actually, before we get into that big scene, what happens is the Leo Miller, the the crime boss, is pissed, obviously, at his two goons because they lost, you know, thousands of uh, probably hundreds, of, maybe a hundred thousand dollars worth of drugs. If not more, uh, man. If not more. <laughs> yeah. So they start rounding up the the local uh, low-level hoodlums and um, basically torture them to death uh, until they get a, a name. And, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Was it, was it they? Oh, did, no. No, they got the name. How did they find them. out it was Tito? How did they find out it was Tito first? Those three guys, wasn't it? They all they all get. Oh no, you're right. They do know about Tito, and then they go to those guys to find out where Tito would be, right? Yes, because exactly. that guy would crash with them for a while, and so they said, "Hey, we haven't seen Tito in a couple days." You know, but yeah. he doesn't believe them. Yeah. But how, how did how did they figure out that Tito? Was was the prime suspect of stealing the well, truck? Well, didn't they see him when when he crashed into them? No, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think they just uh, looking for him. They were chasing him. They had to have some idea who it was, right? Right, right. They saw him, but then they also were they were asking around, and they said, "Yeah, you know, we saw him at such and such a spot, or what have you." So, I mean, it's 
So it's not like they, yeah, they knew who he was. It's just, they didn't know where, where. He right. Was. And so they and, were, and so they brought in the, the, the low, the low level hoodlums that were friends with him and tortured those guys to death, basically yeah. trying to find out, yeah. um, the information where Tito was. Um, and, uh, f- of course, like they said, they were telling the truth, which is they hadn't seen him in a few days and Tito, uh, is still out there. And these, and then there's a few, three more bodies or, or whatever now, um, you know, thrown into the, uh, Atlantic ocean or something. Um, so let's, let's get into Tito now. Um, so Tito, this is the big scene. Who wants to talk about the, how to, this scene? This, this is a pretty good scene. Oh, actually, there was a, there was a funny moment that kind of was a funny moment, but it was also a Chekhov's gun uh, at the beginning, which is oh she, yeah. yeah she she um, Chekhov's vibrator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the scene earlier in the film <laughs> where batteries. <laughs> oh, but that, that was a great scene. I was, I was went on a scavenger hunt looking for batteries to put in that vibrator. I, I had to ask my wife. I go, what the hell is she doing? Why is she crawling on the floor? My wife's going, oh, because she wants to not wake up her children, but she knows her children have batteries in their toys. And, it's like, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, be, being a father and having a lot of those type of toys, you can't just pop open the goddamn back of a the toy and pull out the batteries because they have the child proof, uh, screws. You have to actually unscrew the goddamn thing to pull out the batteries. And, and so she, she has to go and get a knife. Yeah. She has to get a knife. She doesn't have a screwdriver. Right. <laughs> so that was hilarious. But anyway, I'm going to cut herself. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was too funny. Um, now, all right, so let's let's get into the, the scene because that was the, the Chekhov's gun, but well, let's get into the scene. Um, <laughs> now, I wouldn't quite call it Chekhov's gun, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's perfect, I think. <laughs> Chekhov's vibrator, as you said. Um, what, what, yeah, what was the deal? Um, why did Tito suddenly snap on her? Was it because it's she the, you know, said the kid got into the drugs? Because, because she because if there is one point okay he left the money for her and what happened was is that so even though she didn't want to have anything to do with it she had the money and she needed the money so she's like all right you know and this is kind of where we go back to that that jerk in the store um because she starts buying stuff like fresh fruit and meat and spaghetti and all that and the guy that remembers her from the first time, you know, because she even said because the kid at the beginning the, the wanted to get a video, yeah, wanted to get a video, wanted to rent a video, and she said, no, no, we can't do that. And now she says, oh yeah, pick a video. And so the guy notices, and that's when he says, makes a hint that, oh yeah, now you know she got a good, uh, a good, a good night being a prostitute, and um, you know, and she was not happy about that. But then. Um, what was it? So the, after that night, though, she's I think she just ate or drank so much that she started throwing up a little bit. And she she knew where Tito was hi- hiding the drugs and it was kind of a little compartment underneath her bathtub. And so she was about to grab it and kind of sample some herself. But she um, something happened. And so she 
she thought she shut the the compartment, but she didn't. And then later on, she noticed that, wait, the compartment's open. Mm -hmm. And she runs and she sees her son with all of these little bags and, and the powder on his nose or whatever. And she's like, and so like, you don't know if the kid swallowed it or sniffed it or whatever, but like the kid ended up throwing it up. But I mean, the everything, I mean, the whole powder, most of the powder is just all over the place. And Tito just freaks out. He sees it and she says, it was an accident. I'll pay you for it or whatever. And Tito just freaks out. And instead of wanting payment and money, he <clears throat> wants payment, in in sexual favors. Oh, he's gonna rape that point. Yeah, he was gonna rape. Yeah, he was gonna rape. Well, that's just it. Payment and well, that 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 was that was the payment basically. Yeah, that was the payment, and so and he, he's course. about to rape her, and so he's gonna force her to to kind of live out some sort of fantasy of his. And while he's about ready to go in she reaches under the pillow and she, she pretty much pokes him in the, pokes him in the eye with the vibrator. Um, and hilarity is true. The knife from the thing is still in the room. Yeah. The knife from the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, the batteries is in there. So while he's trying to force himself on her, she happens to have that knife and she stabs him a couple of times in the side and that ends up killing him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah because me and my wife were questioning why why did she have a knife in the bedroom? And you're right, that was the same knife that popped. Open. Knife. Yep. Yeah, so that was a Chekhov gun too. Yep. I didn't get that. Well done, Kevin. Yeah, yeah nice. actually, no, I I didn't even think about it until Barrett mentioned. Oh yeah, I remember he had the knife. She still had the knife for the for unscrewing. And it's like that's where she had. That's why she had the knife in her bed. Though, thank you, Barrett. Um, Cause yeah, cause I was, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. It was an exact spot. She left it, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> right. That is brilliant. Yeah. See, that was, that's good screenwriting. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good screenwriting because it makes sense. You know, I mean, they could have made it easy and just have, you know, a pair of scissors there or, or a sewing needle or, or something, but, but no, they, they set it up perfectly. Well, and you have to admit, she does have a little bit of moral flexibility. I'm not saying she's bad, but she definitely can roll with the bad punches and work with it. Right. Yeah. So now we have a problem. Two <laughs> dead problems. Body. Actually, we have a dead body, but then we have another problem, too, which is the police, police show up because they heard her screaming when yep. she was getting uh, sexually assaulted. Right. So what's the, not only yeah. that, okay, not only does she have a dead body in her bedroom. Okay. A, a mur, I mean, essentially a, 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 a body that, you know, a dead body because she stabbed the guy. And I thought, well, and at first I thought, well, why don't she just say, look, he, he came in, he attacked me. I, I happened to have a knife there, you know, something else. And I stabbed him. But then also the cops would have looked around and they would have found the drugs on the child's floor. Yeah, because she had gotten rid of them yet, right? She, she had hadn't. She didn't have the chance. Yeah, because he got she there almost a, after. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, and then the cops come in, and they are uh, 
and this is where I, I really had a tough time because I still think that, I mean, they kind of just moseyed on in. I mean, if, if they really thought that there was a threat, I thought they would have been a, their Their behavior would have been different. Yes, they would have barged in, but they would have been a little bit, they wouldn't have been as bully like, you know, right. towards her. You know, well, they because, definitely well, didn't think it was like somebody getting hurt necessarily. They were using it as an excuse to get into her house. Right. And then, so, I mean, they're talking to the talking to her and the other cop is like eating stuff from off her table. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's when she yeah. flips out, and demands him to leave. Yeah. Well, well, he takes one bite and she looks at him and then he takes another bite and she says, that's it. Get out. Well, and they basically said she was drinking when she had a glass of wine. I mean, well, I know what, that was a crock. But they, what they found were the cans of beer. Yeah, that that's what it was. Beer. Brought with oh, them. yeah. Right. Because but you, either, either way, it's just a couple of beers. It's like, who fucking cares? Like, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm drinking a beer right now, for crying out loud. I mean, just, well, you I know. Mean, for her, it was like you had a glass of wine. It wasn't just one beer. There were like three or four empty cans. Right. Yeah. But, but, but they could be. They could be it's from recycling. three days ago. She's recycling. No, I know that, but the, my point <laughs> is that your my point is is what these what these officers are doing is they are and I mentioned this earlier. They are looking for things that they can use. They can take her down, so they can to, take to, her down. to harass her. You know, yeah. use against her. And so, I mean, because I mean, the next like the next day or so, you know, woman from social services comes in. She says. You know, you've been drinking. She says, I had a glass of wine during dinner. Is that so bad? Because she never, she never, nobody mentions the beer cans. All she said was, I had a glass of wine. She never even mentions the beer. And she was smart not to mention the empty beer cans because she's like, well, were you drinking that? No, you know, that. Yeah, but she doesn't end it very well. Well, she says the guy. She, well, if you want to know the truth? The guy came in. He attacked. Right, well, 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 that's the next scene, though. We, we should keep keep this going about this, and then we'll talk about the social service woman coming in. Okay. Don't you think? I mean, because we, we have the social. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah. So the cops, like you said, they're they're just really trying to take her down and and whatnot, and they're they're harassing her and. I'm, I'm like to my wife. I'm, I told her, turn to my wife. I go, why doesn't she just tell the cops? And my wife. That's what my wife said. They, they think she's going to be the drug dealer. They, they're going to say it was a drug deal that went wrong. She killed him. She, you know, on, on, on. and it's like, yeah, you're right. These cops are just dirty. And when I say dirty, they, they, I mean they are dirty because they, they actually broke into the house, like you said, Kevin. Now again, Barrett had a good point, which is maybe they have the right to come in if the call is related to a screen where they think someone's in danger. But I, 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 but even after that fact, when they come into the house, let's say, let's say it was legal for them to come into the house. Cause again, we don't know how the UK law is. They were rude to her and they were harassing her and they weren't looking at her as a possible victim of a crime. They were looking at her as a possible suspect of something. Never mind their antagonism of her just for the fact that they think she's trash because in their opinion, she harasses them every day or every week about why aren't you looking for the murder of my husband? Never mind the fact they think her husband was a, a, a junkie drug dealer. 
Well, and let's clarify. Even if they had the right to go in there, I think the person could refuse, and then they'd have to get a warrant still. But they would not maybe leave. In the state. They, I don't know how it is in the UK. I don't know for sure, but I'm saying maybe they would have to get a warrant at that point if the person said emphatically, no, you can't come in here. That's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. Now, she didn't do that, though. <laughs> and they just kind of pushed their way in, and she was, you know, kind of, again, timid in that particular case. Well, also, also the cops, also the cops are, in, in this, a sense, uh, racketeers themselves. I mean, they're, they're using their power and fear of to her to get into the house, and they know that if she said, I didn't let you in the house later to a judge, they're going to just lie and say, she's lying. They're all, in other words, they know they got her behind the eight ball. Yep. And they're intentionally doing that. Um, so even one of her, she's definitely the liar. And her husband's a drug dealer. Exactly. And, and whatnot. So, so let's say that it, it was illegal for them to, to get into the house, as you originally said, Barrett. And they have to get a warrant. It didn't matter to them because they're, they're crooked cops anyway, right? Because they're kind of they're harassing her in a sense. Yep. I mean, they're threatening her. They're, they're, you know, they're not they're not uh, people helping uh, people. They are basically doing what the Leo Miller does, which is uh, intimidate, and they're yep. intimidating her. Now she's in a situation where she just wants them to fuck out of the house because if they check on the kids or her own bedroom, she's doomed because they're going to find the corpse. Right. So when they start eating or the drugs, yeah, or the drugs, know, or the drugs. Yeah. But I think the murder would even be worse than the drugs. Um, but that's a fair point, Kevin. Uh, but the moment they start eating, they, they, I think they even knew they stepped a little too far and that was her opportunity to start freaking out and get them out of the house. So I I wonder if her freaking out to get them out of the house was not just not legit in the sense that she was freaking out, get out of my house. This is disgusting what you're doing, but it was a show. So she just get them out of the house because she had a body in the other room. I think that's definitely part of it. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, she didn't want him. Well, she didn't want him for you know a couple of reasons. One, she she didn't want him to discover the body. Two, she didn't want him to discover the drugs. Three, she just didn't want to be harassed by him. And you know, and she even said she she would still even say, "Hey, you know, you're not helping me with my husband, so why should I help you?" Um, you know, she's mentioned it a few times. I mean, he, I, I mean, I mentioned the social service woman. It's like anytime anybody from the government comes in, she she makes it a point saying, well, you're not helping me. Why should I help you? Which I think it's a fair point. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't blame her at all. All right. So let's now talk about uh, what happens next, because this is part of the cleanup of the murder. And also it's where we catch up to our initial scene, the flash forward scene that we saw before the credits. Um, I was somewhat horrified uh, and I'm sure everybody was, but it makes sense what she has to do. But the the thing is, is that we've now known the character for about an hour 
because the, this is this is like middle of the film when when this occurs. Um, we she the mental anguish that she must have had to go through to cover up the crime must have been amazing because as we saw through the first hour of the film, there was not anything in her that had any criminal. Um, in other words, she has no bone of bones in her that would be criminal to use a metaphor. So, or, or a metaphor wrongly. My, my point is, is that she's not a criminal. She doesn't seem like the type that would ever do any major horrendous crime. So for her to now cover up uh, the corpse of someone who just sexually assaulted her and the way she has to cover it up must have been horrendous to her specifically compared to say a real criminal. Yeah, it was pretty impressive what she had to do and go through. <laughs> I mean, that that takes serious will. She she basically cuts his body apart, you know, lays plastic down to get rid of the whole body. Um, so that that's not a minor task. No, it, well, actually, one of the things that I, I was kind of wondering about, because her neighbors hear the scream, but they don't hear the sound of the constant chop, chop, chop. Job. Well, she, I think she put the music on. She did, yeah. Uh, yeah, she, but, she she did use like a, I think she had a, even a. I may it may be a different movie because uh, you know you, you see this all the time in films, but I think she turned on the music speaker with a Bluetooth. You know, you know, it was like a Bluetooth speaker, and then she pressed her phone or something. I, I forget, but either way, she turned on the music to to okay. drown up anything that would be conspiratorial that sounded odd. Yeah, I yeah, was kind of wondering about that because um, that just kind of seemed odd to me. But um, but anyway, I mean, the thing is, is that and, and another thing that kind of made me wonder is, is that I mean, now, granted, I'm not I'm, I'm not an expert. Uh, I have absolutely no experience whatsoever in hiding bodies um, or dismembering bodies. But my whole thought is, is that wouldn't the hacksaw be a lot cleaner. Well, they didn't show everything she did. They only showed like the beginning and the hacksaw might be cleaner, but it would take a lot longer to use the hacksaw on bone than it would to just chop through with an ax. Well, like I said, I mean, both. And (laughs) I know a hacksaw would take me a lot longer on a tree than, than an ax. Well, the thing is, is that when people, I mean, I figured a hacksaw would be, I mean, you're not trying to cut down a tree. I mean, you're, you're, you're cutting through some bone and I figured, I mean, saws, I thought were you, I mean, let's just say when people are, are, are amputating, they use something like a hacksaw and they, they go pretty quickly. So, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, like I said, I, I'm not an expert on this sort of thing. So I, I guess I. Yeah, me neither. But I mean, I've seen movies where they use axes and I've seen movies where they use a hacksaw. Now, a hacksaw through your wrist might take a little longer than just chopping through it with an axe. I, I maybe I don't just, know. Just as a thought. I mean, that's all I'm thinking is if I'm if I'm going to try and cut through my hand, I would rather an axe than a hacksaw for speed. Well, I mean. 
I mean, let's just say this: she's not getting a whole lot of resistance, uh, you know, from uh, you know, from Tito right there. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm sure there's parts of the body that would be easier with the hacks on, parts that would be easier with the hacks. That that you know, that's very possible. Like I said, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an expert by far. We'll, we'll just say she was smart enough to have both tools in hand if she needed them. <laughs> they never showed her using the axon, did they? They just showed that it was there. Well, she oh. used um she she started with the hacksaw. And oh, she had a, she had an axe too, right? Yeah, I know, yes, but she I mean did. she started with yeah, the hacksaw. Yeah, started with the hacksaw. You're right, right. She started with the hacksaw and she didn't seem like she didn't feel like she was going anywhere with it. And then all of a sudden she started using the axe and that's, you know, when, when hilarity ensued. Um, but I, I just don't thought, think neighbors would have really, he's already dead at that point. The initial sound would have come from her scream and everything. I don't think her chopping through the body would have made enough of a noise, especially with the radio on for the neighbors to care at that point. Because I mean, I, I, when I were was in an apartment, I would do work and stuff, you know, that would sound like chopping or whatever, you know, drilling, all sorts of things, you know, that wouldn't raise eyebrows. But I mean, my whole point is, is that the hacksaw would be it. I don't think the hacksaw would have as she would be. I don't think she would have been as, let's just say, filthy at the end. Oh, if it used the hacksaw, you know, because I mean, there's this one point. I mean, she was reminding me a little bit. I wrote this is kind of weird, but she was reminding me a little bit of the movie um, 2001 A Space Odyssey when that pre, you know, prehistoric creature was hitting the bones with the uh, with the femur, you know, because I mean, you just see him just hitting and hitting and hitting, you know, the, the skeleton and he's just. I mean, she was kind of doing the same thing. She's just hacking and hacking, and she's just she's just releasing a lot of this aggression on the body of Tito with this axe. And so, I, I don't know. It it just seemed there there's a slight parallel to me, but well, you know. eventually she has blood everywhere. I mean, even on her back when she goes oh, yeah. shower, it's caked on her back. It's caked all over. And I'm sure that yeah, the hacksaw would have been much cleaner than if she could have done the whole thing that way. Um, than using the axe, which is going to get cast off no matter what you do. So, yeah, I, I, I honestly thought she was going to get caught because the the violence, I'm not the violence, I'm sorry, the, the pieces weren't disposed of. In, in other words, if she had any bad luck, someone may have found a piece because it wasn't like she had, she, I don't think she has a vehicle, so it wasn't like she could drive out to the middle of uh, um the the Irish uh, swamps or or, or uh, what, what do they what do they call it in in the uh, werewolf in uh, American werewolf in oh, London the moors yeah so it's not like she can just drive off to the moors or the Irish cliffs or take a bus yeah <laughs> or, or the local fire right 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 that forest she can't go to the local forest so and she can't take a cab so with no vehicle yeah she's unfortunately has to go to the local you know the dumpster here a garbage can there and whatever. And she's doing it with, with uh, plastic bags. And um, now we did forget to mention, she dropped her kids off at her mom's and she gets in another fight with her mom. 
Right, right. Oh, yeah, she claims she's going on a date. She's claims she's going on a date. No, it's going to work. Going to work, yeah, the bar. Does it work? Okay. Yes, her mom's like, work at a bar? No. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, she gets in a huge fight with her mother. And, um, actually. Yeah, yeah, and she does tell her mother to fuck off. But, yeah. again, she, she has to not have the kids around when she's doing the damage. Oh, yeah. You know, they get, get into everything as we saw with the drugs. <laughs> right, right, right. And this is, this is where I was, I was surprised. I thought at that point when she got rid of the kids, she would have dragged the body into the bathroom and, and did it in the tub. But she didn't do that. But again, I don't even know if there's a tub, right? It may just be a, a lot of plastic down, though. It was like that whole room was covered in plastic. Yeah, oh, and yeah. it may not. She may not even have a tub. She may just have one of those. Yeah, that's stalls. where the drugs, the drugs are what? hidden under the tub. No, that yeah, the drugs were hidden under the tub, and that scene is showing her in the tub, isn't it? Oh no, it's in the shower. That no yeah, mind. it's in the shower. So, so I, 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 because I was, th- I was thinking maybe maybe she just has a stall, you know, because it's one of those cheap apartments where you don't even have a tub. But yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it was a tub. But either way, it doesn't matter. The point well, is, is that she shower. does the chopping in the in the. The location where the body was ki- was killed, which was the ba- bedroom. Well, the reason why she did it in the bedroom and not in the in the uh, in the bathroom is she couldn't move the body. Right, and that's she, what I liked about that. It was very realistic. Because she, he's so big and she's so small, there's no way she could drag that body to the bathroom. <laughs> not easily. Yeah, there's no. I mean, she couldn't. So that's why. She laid plastic everywhere and rolled it onto the plastic and then cut them up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so she gets rid of the body. um, And I thought that was, I thought she could have got, she was going to get caught, but she didn't. Um, But either way, she... I don't know. It was, uh, it was, she was lucky. It was one of those things where there was a 20% chance that someone could have found out if, if they were throwing out their garbage that day and they say, Hey, what's this thing here? I don't remember putting this in there. Or if a kid goes through the garbage or a homeless person, there was a chance that it would happen. But fortunately she lucked out. Yep. Yeah. And I did. And right. Right. And now, now this is, this is where, the the the, the uh, rest of the film basically begins, and what it happens is just on blind luck, they run into Leo Miller, and her little girl, her daughter, is asking, "When's Tito coming again?" Well, she didn't even say that. She was just. They were they were walking away from the doctor's appointment for the son, and the girl just starts saying Tito, Tito, yeah. Tito, yep. Tito, and the the mother's like, "Stop saying that! Stop saying that!" And she was just like, "Tito, Tito, Tito," and for some bizarre reason, this guy just happens to be in the doctor's office. His, his hand was hurt. Oh, that's right. Remember, he got his hand hurt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he when he when he was uh, torturing those bad guys, those other yep. bad guys, yep. he almost broke his hand because he he clubbed clubbed one of them uh, a nice punch here and there, and and his his hand needed stitches or something. 
Yeah, that was it. And they just happened to be going to the same doctor. <laughs> right, right. You know, and he just happens to hear. So he, and I think he, I, I the, the crazy part is I'm just trying to, I, what I would, I'm kind of curious is how did he know? Or say, okay, he sees her as he, he sees them as he's going in, but how does he know where to look for them? Because, I mean, he had his guys stalking, well, they probably figured that Tito was hiding out in the, you know, near where the, okay, I'm just kind of thinking about this out loud. They, he probably figured that Tito was hiding somewhere near the car crash site because that's the only way, I mean, that's the only way he could do it. And so that's, so he probably said, okay, I know who to look for, or I know who the woman, what the woman looks like. So just kind of keep your eye out. Okay. So keep your eye out for that woman. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, Hey, he, he, he straight, he, he, he struck it. He, you know, they, they, uh, they figured out who it is. Yeah. So, when she they hear the name Tito or, or Leo hears the name Tito and they find out who she is, they need, want to talk to her basically, um, or they think she is. I think uh, his maybe Tito's, you know, girlfriend or something. They, they you know they something, you know, and so they got to talk to her. Um, and then this is this is when we find the next big, um, I guess. Um, what is it? The 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 uh, I guess it's mystery. I'll say mystery. The next big mystery, which is who killed her husband. Um. So she's out on the street with her two kids, walking home, and the goons and Leo approach her and start harassing her. And then a garbage man or the facilities people that are taking away the the garbage and she's, she's intentionally watching the garbage cause she's, you know, wants all that garbage to be taken away because right. of pieces of, of, uh, Tito everywhere. Uh, one of the garbage men comes up to the Leo and, and says, stop bothering the woman basically. And then there's a big brawl and, and Tito, or not Tito, uh, Leo, as we, we see is a sociopath monster. And he basically, beats the shit out of this guy to the point where he's either going to, he's going to be going to the hospital for sure. Um, but the thing that's important about this scene as, um, Sarah runs away with her two children is her son's fear is so intense. She figures out that Leo was the man that murdered her husband because And so she she asks her, her her son is 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 that the man from the night when dad he died, and the son doesn't speak but he, he nods, and so now she knows the face of the murderer of her husband. And well, so that's, the, son, the son almost got run over by a garbage truck, and those guys came out to kind of get involved too. True. Yeah. Yeah. And so and then escape. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's how. Uh, um, they got involved because she's trying to help her son. The, the, the guys start harassing her because they want to basically take her away to question her and say, where's the FTO, you know, basically torture her probably to where Tito is. 
and the garbage men are going to be, you see a damsel in distress and then they get their asses beating the hell up. Um, I actually said to my wife when this happened, I turned to my wife, I go, now that the garbage men are basically taken out and you have this dump truck in the middle of the road, garbage truck middle of the road, will someone now find the pieces of the corpses? Because it'll be an unintended garbage truck with all the pieces in the garbage truck. That would have been funny. No, seriously. Uh, but of course, that doesn't happen. Correction, yeah. Um, so, uh, they now um, contact, what is it? They call her on the phone, right? Isn't that what it is? No, they come to her, her mom's house, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Leo comes alone. You're right. Yeah, yeah. They find out where, where she is. And he comes there and into the house, like he's already in the house when she encounters him. And he, she says that he's going to, she's going to bring Tito to him. Right, right, right. Because he threatens to kill her mother, to to basically kill her kids. Yep. And, and so just, you know, so she's, she's screwed. So because they think she knows Tito only because of the bad luck that her daughter said Tito's name. So she decides to come clean because if she doesn't, he's going to kill his, her mother and, and whatever. Well, she uh, also realizes that this is the guy that killed her husband. Oh, right. Yes, that's true. Right. So, that she can, so I yeah. think she says, I will bring Tito to you. I mean, she's not, she's not trying to blubber her way out of it. She's not trying to say, look, she didn't say, say, Oh, you know, Tito just came and, you know, he tried to force, you know, the, the thing, you know, you know, uh, get him, you know, hide out in my apartment, but I don't know where he went. You know, I mean, she could have told him everything, but she, she made, I mean, she had the plan, like, I am going to bring Tito to you. And you can tell she, she was planning that. I mean, I, I mean, she, she's thought very fast on her feet because she's like, I'm going to bring Tito to you. And one thing that we forgot to mention is while she was cutting up Tito, she discovered that he had a gun on him. Yep. And that's, that's right going to be important uh coming up soon yeah because yeah. guns aren't as easy to get a hold of over there either i don't think no they are not it's so it wouldn't very- be like she can go out to a walmart and buy a gun or wherever you can buy guns these days <laughs> you're in the right, u.s right. <laughs> yeah yeah in my state you can and you can pretty much buy them anywhere yeah and and being a, uh, a resident of new hampshire uh, i can get them within i can walk out with bows and I think maybe even shotguns, and then and maybe even rifles too, and then then pistols and uh, semi-automatic weapons. I think it's twenty-four hours. And with my clean record, I'll be able to get them all if I wanted. Well, um, what they call a constitutional carry state. In other words, you don't need a um, you don't need a permit to get one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the, yeah. Over here. Oh, the thing is that the thing is though is that there are a lot of areas that are extremely restricted. Um, like even if you don't, even if you don't need a license, um, it's it's still it's from what I've gathered, it's still you're still better off to have a permit anyway. Um, you get into let you would you have the potential of getting into far less trouble if you if you have a permit. Right over here, um, I, I, my closest state to where I live is that isn't 
my home state is, is Massachusetts. So when I went to the gun shop uh, the week before the election, um, I was uh, I walked in. I was you know to ask some questions, and the guy immediately asked, uh, "So you're from Massachusetts, or New Hampshire?" Because you could tell. I could tell after I said New Hampshire, he was, oh, all right, yeah, you know, you want to talk. But if I said Massachusetts, he probably would have just told me to leave because he goes, there's, there's just way too many restrictions. I'm not going to be able to sell it to you or, or you're going to have to wait two months or who knows, whatever it was. But it was kind of funny. Anyway, well, that's off topic. We're off topic now. Um, so, so um, uh, yeah, this 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 scene here, I, you know, I oddly I, – I, I predicted – what was going to happen? I could not. I was. I, I guessed it. I stopped the tape and I, or the you know the shutter, and I turned to my wife and I said, "I wonder if this is going to happen." And it happened, and I was I was very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> you did too, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Saw her coming in with the bag. I figured, okay, yeah. I I, I kind of I saw it. Ha- I saw it coming as well. Um, but I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, gee, it's it's really a stroke of luck that out of all the pieces that the garbage men did take away, they didn't take away that bit. Repeat that once more, Kevin. I, I didn't understand what you meant. Well, when she comes in, remember, she threw away all of the pieces of Tito. Right. Yeah, you know, she threw them all out. And so... Somehow, for some reason, either because I thought she threw everything away, but apparently the the garbage men did not pick up the head because that I mean, that's what, you know, we're going to find this out pretty soon that somehow she was able to retrieve the head of Tito. Well, I don't know. I, I, I that could be true, but I was thinking maybe she just well, never got to throw it out. I, yeah, I, I was thinking she didn't throw everything away. I think she was just trying to maybe piecemeal it or something. I don't know. Well, that's what it, she was doing. She was throwing out pieces in, in in different garbage cans, so it wasn't all in one garbage can. No, but but I don't. I thought that I, I'm well, just guessing. Because why because would she, she wouldn't, all, she wouldn't want to keep a piece for a souvenir? I mean, she's no, that's, not that's no. That for, just all right. No, but let us explain me and Barrett's point, which is simply. She's doing piecemeal. She wasn't able to throw all the pieces away. She's planning to throw the rest of them later. And, yeah. and the well, head is, gonna... is an obviously the one thing that can identify the corpse. Right. Well, I mean, my my point is is that she. I I don't think we, well, she we was don't gonna... know. We don't we don't know, Kevin. We on it. Well, why? Okay. Why would, we don't know why if would... she found went back out to the garbage to pull it out, or if it was in her apartment. We just don't know. But you, let's hear your theory. Well, my whole my whole question is is that why even if she, even if you're saying she's yeah she was throwing it out piecemeal like a, a leg in this in in one garbage bin another leg in another garbage bin, a torso in that garbage bin. I mean, she's she's going around the different garbage bins. And when she was done um, throwing everything, I mean, she was done throwing everything out. You can see her hands were empty. And my, my but my whole point is, is that, she couldn't have carried a whole body in her hands, though. I don't. I don't think. Well, that, no, no. I mean, it. Well, probably no, probably so we not. Don't but know like, what she got rid of and what she didn't. But get rid of. why? 
but the thing is, is that you're, you're saying, well, maybe she, she'll keep the head until like the next garbage run. And I'm thinking to myself, why on earth would she do that? Because one, she's got to hide the head, you know, so that her neighbors or her kids don't find it, you know, and after a week, you know, that head's going to start to stink. Well, here's two it, points. One, it's in, in a you freezer, can't get all of it at once because that's a lot of pieces. Two, she got interrupted. Yeah, but her hands were empty. So I just that one time of going to take the pieces. I mean, we don't know how many trips it would have taken. Yeah, I think it's only 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been long. Right. So she could have been doing the the next set of pieces the next day. And maybe didn't even make it to that can because of what happened. Well, see, that's well, that, that and that's what that's what Kevin's trying to say. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say is that it's it's kind of an interesting coincidence that the 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 bin, one of the bins that the garbage men did not get to, is the one that happened to have the head in it. They now, might not have gotten to any of them. Well, that that that's that's true too, Kevin uh, Barrett. Yeah, see, see, this this is the thing is that if if they're doing what Kevin says, the script is well written. However. Because, because you know that's brilliant. Because that's how the how she, the head never got taken away was because the uh, garbage man got beaten up and, and they had to go to the hospital and they had to cancel the whole yeah. garbage that day. That that's that's a good script writing. However, they don't show her going out to the garbage to get the head or or, or a bag. But if they did do that, then that would have ruin the surprise of the awesome ending that we get. Right. Yeah. So that's a good question. So, but either way, that's we have no idea if overlooked. she was, what's that again? I can definitely overlook. I mean, cause there's so many pieces we don't see that I can accept that maybe the head was available for her to get. It's possible. Yeah. So, so Kevin could most certainly be a hundred percent right. However, yep. my first impression and it appears yours as well, Barrett, was that we thought that she must have still had it in her apartment and she just hadn't disposed of it yet. But again, we don't know the truth because, again, it's done all off screen, which technically is the right thing to do if the director didn't want to spoil the big surprise at the end. Yeah. But I like I like the idea of the garbage man didn't finish because they got yeah, the yeah. beat out of them. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, writing. Uh, was was there more than I thought there was more than just, I thought there was more than just one guy, though, one more than one garbage man. There were there were three and it was like the other two didn't get involved. Three of them walked up and then yeah. one got his ass kicked. Yeah. yeah. And the other two just but the thing <laughs> is, is that. Well, again, the other two there, all they saw was just the one guy get out. Well, again, it doesn't. doesn't, Well, again, it doesn't matter because the the whole thing was through the perspective of Sarah and Sarah ran away. So we don't know if the the other goons beat up the other ones. We don't know if the the other garbage men just ran away. We, we don't know because again, it all was through Sarah's perspective. So when she leaves the scene, we leave the scene with her and we don't know what happens. Yep. 
We don't know how time finishes out for sure. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you you see what that guy, meaning Leo, did to the garbage man, I, I don't know what anybody else would do, because obviously these people are psychopaths and, the and, and criminals. They're definitely criminals. And it was three against three, and those guys probably had guns too. <laughs> they they could have, for all we know, because it was her perspective. They showed a gun under a thing, and the other two didn't get involved because of that or something. You know, who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, they could have called the police or whatever. And said, "Hey, you know, our friend just got attacked." I don't know. Yeah, but they're, but they're definitely not going to do it in front of the in front of uh, the, the the goons, right? Right. Well, well, that's just it. You don't know what happened because, you know, Sarah ran away and we just didn't right. see what happened. But again, all, all this is, is all us just using a hypothesis to figure out what happened. Because, again, all this is off screen. Uh, either way, she's able to have access to um, Tito's head still. And and we don't know if it was in her apartment. We don't know if it was in a garbage can. We don't know if she was hiding it in the storage unit that that each apartment has. We we just don't know. Um, and again, it was it's probably wise that we didn't because if we did, we would have had the surprise ruined for us. Even though me and Barrett figured it out before um, it happened. Well, I mean, I knew what was going to happen, too, so it's not like it was a big surprise for me either, but go on. Okay, so, yeah, you too. Yeah, I think my wife, she wasn't expecting it. Um, and and actually, you know what, I, I may not, I have to be a little more legit. I think I didn't figure it out until she, they took the, the bag from her and put it on the pool table. And then I'm thinking, I began thinking about it, and then... When he opens the bag, one of the goons opens the bag and and freaks out. That's when I I think I stopped the movie for a second. I said, you know what? Because it reminded me of Seven. Well, that the second she walked up to the building, I was like, his head's in that it's bag. It's in the box. <laughs> it's in the box. It's in the yeah, bag. I saw that bag and her walking up with it. I was like, that's his head. What's in the box? What's in the box? Um. So, yeah. So she becomes a badass and I can see this happening and I'll tell you why because obviously she she went through the ringer from being sexually assaulted to being harassed by the cops to having to dispose of a body and not just dispose of the body but dismember the body to um, dispose of it having her husband murdered in cold blood knowing he's not a criminal even though the papers and the, and the cops say he was and having a son that's mute because of seeing the murder firsthand and whatnot. And, and you know, having problems with her mother and then having um, issues with money. This woman has gone through hell and back. And at this point, when she finds out that this Leo guy was the murderer of her husband, I think she decided... All that mattered was vengeance. It wasn't just vengeance, though. She wanted the answer about her husband. Yeah, you're right. Because I, that was another thing. I stopped the, the tape 
again or, or whatever the, the video the VOD. It's, and I said, why doesn't she just blow all their brains like the mafia? And and my wife said the exact same thing you said, because you know if if this was the mob, they would just walk in, not even ask a question, and, just, and they wouldn't do any James Bond qu- crap. They would just pull the gun out and blow everybody away, and that's it, and then walk out. But you're right. She wanted answers about her husband because that's how that's the first thing she says after they she says Tito's in the bag and they're confused. She gives them and they find open the bag and they find the head there, and then she holds up the head like like um, Perseus in the Clash of the Titans. And oh. she's got leather gloves on. Let's be clear, so she's not stupid there either. Yeah, right. And she's holding up the the the, the head, and she sa- and then she says who she is and who my husband was. Right. And then Leah's face. Because at that point, they just saying, oh, my God, this woman's a psychopath. She killed Tito, and she's carrying a head in a bag. <laughs> exactly. And they actually said that. And these are the same people that, that, that just tortured, that tortured people and murdered people with no problems. And they're, they're, they're judging her for, for deciding to chop off a head and carry it. You know? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It, but was, then, it, was, yeah, it was great. And then when Leo finds out who her husband was... His eyes go wide. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're, we, I have a problem here. This is this is vengeance. This has nothing to do with her helping Tito or helping anybody. This is a spurned woman that wants death to all the people who did things to her. And the thing is, is that these people were stupid too because they actually thought she was going to be chicken and not actually fire the gun. Yeah, no way, no fucking way. They, those people weren't. She was either coming out with a body bag or they were coming out with a body bag and it was all going to be who was quicker. It had nothing to do with her going to chicken. She was not going to not suddenly have cold feet and say, Oh, I can't kill these people. Well, they were stupid and, for not looking in the bag before it went down. Not that it would have made a difference because they didn't realize a gun would have been inside the head, but that might've made them take a pause. Yeah. Right, that's right. exactly a place you would think of that somebody would hide a gun. Right. Right. Because if, yeah, because you know you figure they would have. Uh, all right, let's say they they um, patted her down to see if she had a weapon. All right, she doesn't have a weapon on her, but they didn't open the bag. But again, the bag is for meant for money. They think it's for, money. Yeah, or the drugs, one or the other. Yeah, right. And and so they don't look in the bag. And once the bag's in their possession. She can't get to it, right? They can't, she can't get to it, and they're going to give it to Leo anyway. So unless it's a bomb, they're they're not going to um, be in harm of her at that point because she has no gun or weapon on her, and the bag is not in her possession. And she uses that horrifying head to take advantage of them, basically, because she goes over there and pulls that out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because, because the guy freaks out when he sees the head. And then he drops the bag, and then she goes over to the bag, picks up the, the head from the bag, and shows it. Like like I said, Perseus in Clash of the Titans. And then s- says that who she is, and that's when they now know they're in trouble, specifically Leo. And then she pulls the gun out of the head, out of, out of where the neck was, wound was, right? That's where she hid the gun. I'm not sure where else he could have. Yeah, yeah. 
like only it almost looked like she pulled it out of the top of the head, but I'm pretty sure you're right. It had to come out of the throat. <laughs> Or something like that. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, yeah, you're right. But either way, it came out of the head, and, that, and so that was uh, like that. Just shows you the determination of this woman for vengeance, right? Because she's, you know, she's pulling it out of a head. Yeah, you know, disrespecting the body again. Who cares? It's just you know, Tito was a fucking scumbag, especially trying to rape her. Um, but. The scene was the best. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> One of the best endings of any film ever. Even my wife was like, kill him. I was actually screaming on the TV, just kill him, just kill him. <laughs> and then when when she finally kills Leo, my wife even went, yeah. And my <laughs> wife usually doesn't you know, have that type of emotion when it comes to violence in the film. <laughs> um. But yeah, there's three three against one. Uh, but the difference is, is they're startled and on their on the back of their heels, in a sense. And she she has a gun that that's out because she, while their guns are all still packed in their uh, sidearms or pockets or wherever they fucking put guns. Yeah, because a they're horrified of this head, and then b they didn't expect a gun to come out of it. So they're not expecting the head and then they're not expecting the gun. So they don't even know what to do at that point. And by the time they're ready to react, it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she is one smart cookie. I mean, there was a little luck because it's like you said, you know, they could have opened the, the bag and found the head and then she would have never got the, the you know, before they even went into Leo's room. But um, she- does one other thing that's really smart. She makes herself look really good to distract them. You're, as well. And you're right. You know what? I just I'm watching the film in the background. Yeah, she pulls the gun out of the top of Leo uh, Tito's head. So she, okay. yeah, because she she took an axe to his head. Um, I guess to, and and put a nice hole in the side of the head. <laughs> also, she lucked out because the guy with the beard. The goon with the beard didn't have a gun. It was only the the only person that had a gun in the room. It appears was uh, the redheaded scumbag. Well, and it because, reminds me of um, the Unforgiven. You know how he says, "I'm lucky in shooting them," and as they're shooting at him, they miss him. She's lucky in that too because the guy misses her, but she doesn't miss. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, and also the 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 redheaded guy. Uh, is pulling out his gun, and and the guy with the the other goon with the beard bumps into him too as he's he's trying to run over to try to get the gun from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, another thing that was lucky for her was when she came into the building, she starts getting hit on by some some drunk, and that freaks out the goon with the beard. And makes him be careless to check for the for for what's in the bag. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yep, yep. Yeah, so so a lot of it's luck. You're absolutely right. Clint Eastwood's character from The Unforgiven sums it up because he goes when he says, oh, I, "I was it was I was lucky, lucky in the order." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's and true. That luck is from getting missed because they all shoot at him, you know, in that movie. And it's the same here. She gets shot at, but she's missed, but she doesn't miss. So that makes yeah. the difference. That makes all the difference. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and also they're, because they're all on the back of the hills. The, like I said, the redheaded guy it pulls out his gun to fire, as you've mentioned, while the other guy didn't have the gun on him for some reason, which is kind of odd. You would think he would. Um, and he bumps into the redheaded guy. So that doesn't help the redheaded guy's chance of getting the lucky shot on her. Overconfidence is why he doesn't have his gun on him. They're all overconfident because it's just yeah. a one. You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like also how she, in the movie, she's very plain and very depressed throughout the movie. Yeah. But when, she, uh, when she gains her confidence for vengeance, she make puts on the makeup and, um, you know, makes herself look like a new woman. And, and if you notice the very last scene after this, when she's back to her everyday life, she's now dressed up and, and looks like the, the white collar or, 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 or upper class family that her mother was, you know what I'm saying? She changes. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is cool. She she becomes that new person that she's not really trying to be, but she just becomes that new person that's more confident and more strong. Exactly, exactly. Now the redheaded guy wanted to shoot, but the guy with the beard moves in front of him. So he 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 doesn't get it off in time and then Leo grabs for his gun or, or underneath the, the, the uh, I guess the desk or table yeah. or something yeah desk or table yeah yeah and that's when she's asking the questions and that's the thing too is funny about it is that he admits that her husband wasn't a drug dealer. What happened was he was walking out at night with his son and he saw the drug deal going on and it became violent. And he, he was an innocent bystander who was trying to break up the problem and they shot him and they shot him. Yeah. And then they made it purposely look like he was a drug dealer. He put exactly out there and made it sound made him think that he was a drug dealer exactly yeah yeah so so her husband was not a crook and that was another great little twist to the ending and then i loved also how after she kills leo the bearded guy who's still alive she goes over and clubs him to death with a hammer yes <laughs> that was also in the bag right that's the hammer that she used yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was awesome too. Um, Kevin, your, your thoughts and opinions? Oh, I I really don't have much to add on on this one. I um, yeah, but you're you're the guy that used to love Jason and Voorhees and all that stuff. Uh, your opinions of of the the vengeance and violence of this this uh, finale in this thriller of a movie? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm. There, there is that sense of, of justice, you know, I mean, she got justice when 
you know, the police weren't obviously going to uh, do anything about it. And not only was there justice, um, you know, for her that, you know, they, she, she essentially killed the guy that, you know, killed her husband, you know, and it is and it's her obvious her husband was not the crook that everybody thought she was that he was. So that kind of got her that kind of helped bring her some peace of mind. And she also got some closure because she, you know, obviously she killed the people responsible and then she just walked out. She, you know, she walked out. Oh, she said, yeah, but, but what was your opinion of it? Out. She was walked awesome. out. She took the video. She took the video, the, the security video, so they couldn't even identify. So, like, the police couldn't had no leads, and she walked out, and she was in the clear, you know. And there was that sense of of uh you know a, a sense of justice and and vengeance for her and um you know i mean i i remember you were talking you were talking earlier about hiding it in his neck but like i said th- as i said i didn't think it was in his neck because she pulled it out of the back of his head so i'm thinking oh wow that's pretty uh pretty gruesome but hey it also, worked. Uh, also i've noticed in, uh it looks like the hammer was on the desk all along, so she didn't. Yeah, it was. It was the, yeah because um, yeah, I didn't think she brought it with her with her because I don't remember ever ever have actually having a hammer. I think the hammer was on the desk because that was the same hammer that they probably used on Tito's roommates or whatever to that killed yeah. them. So there was a bit of a poetic justice that she used that same hammer on at least one of the guys that uh killed tito's roommate who actually knew absolutely nothing that's exactly right yep 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 using their own weapon upon them that was awesome you know and we're not looking at a timid woman anymore you know i mean we're looking at a woman who's pretty much kind of coming into a don't mess with me or else you're going to regret it type of woman yeah, it's basically someone that has been shit on for the past six months since the the murder of her husband all the way to this very moment, and one person can only take it so long. Uh, never, you know, and and never mind the fact that she wanted justice. I mean, if she had true justice, she would be able to get a Tommy gun and kill all the police people too. But that ain't gonna happen. So, um, so yeah. I don't see her. I think with the police, she would rather make them look foolish rather than shoot them. I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah. Then then another way would be for full vengeance would be somehow frame the cops for 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 something or or get them in trouble for something because they suck. Right. Those police. Worst cops ever. (laughs) Well, then we get the final piece of justice when she goes into the grocery store. And that guy is treating her badly again. The very last scene. And she, uh, she's, she gets the kids candy like that other time and they open it up and they start eating it. And then he's like, you're going to pay for that. Right. And then she threatens him by saying, she'll go to the manager and tell them that he was, uh, trying to sexually assault assault her, her kids. No, 
expose. Oh yeah, show his penis oh. to the kid or right. his daughter, her daughter or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's like, "Who is they? Who are they going to believe? Me or you?" <laughs> right. And, and and to be honest, they probably would believe the woman in, in the, the Me Too age. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And also, uh, the scene where where she also um makes up with her mother too, which I thought right. was good. That was my wife liked that scene probably the best because the mother has this very sad story um, about the husband where they she was late to marriage or something and he or, and he was late to marriage and and and, they, and he and she married him so she could have a kid or something and he married her because of probably. You know what? Why men marry women, <laughs> or at least the stereotype, which is to have sex. Um, and so they, she said that they weren't necessarily really in love. While she says that uh, you and your husband, I knew, were very much in love. And so she kind of, almost kind of admits that she now feels bad for her daughter, and that her husband wasn't a bum and also maybe even a little jealous of her daughter's happiness with her husband. Well, because she didn't have the same happiness. I mean, the marriage wasn't abusive. They, you know, they, they were fine together. It's just that it wasn't like, um, true love. Pas- passionate. Yeah. It wasn't passionate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they made up too. So I felt that was pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, so everything turns out all right, except, her, her husband's still obviously gone. There's no way to get get a get back for that. But at least all the things otherwise have come to a closure. And she is mentally strong enough as a human being not to feel guilt of the four murders that she, that she committed. Because in her eyes, they're not even murders. They were one was she was being sexually assaulted, and the other is they they were murders of her husband. So, you know, I mean, if that was if they if these people did that to me, not that I would I would want to chop up bodies or anything like that, but <laughs> but I, I would I would feel no guilt at Let all. <laughs> you know, and and I would I, yeah I would feel no guilt at all for any of these people being killed. None. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they attacked my wife or attacked my children, I I had no problems taking a baseball bat and making sure that they never get up again. And that's not being cruel. That's just being honest. Well, and I think, you know, even Tito was so unstable. He might have hurt the kids after the drugs were destroyed. So, I mean, none of those people deserved any sympathy. Yeah. Well, right, right. I, I mean, he wasn't necessarily a murderer, but but he was going to sexually he was going to rape her. Yeah. Right? And and he's also using her house when she didn't want him there. Yep. Yeah. So so he was a bad guy. And but the moment he started uh, did a sexual assault on her, that 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 turned him into uh, someone that yeah I, I I'd have no pity on. You know, his loss of life doesn't bother me. Um, all right. So that's pretty much the film. So it's kind of a, uh, it's obviously a revenge film, but it's also 
more too. I, I don't, you know, I mean, it's it's about a woman who's I've been unfairly treated by the police and the press and her own, um, I guess, happiness has, has been destroyed from because of these criminals. And she regains agency. She becomes in control of her life again. Whereas before, exactly. yeah, before she's basically not knowing what to do. She's still sad over have an answer and yeah she didn't have an answer of, about you know because she, everybody keeps on telling her your husband was a, was a drug dealer and, and actually he was a he was a hero yeah that just got you know so yeah you're right she she takes back her life in a sense but yeah. the question i have though is kind of the now what for her because she still doesn't have a job she really doesn't have much of an income so, okay, she maybe she had, he brought in, right? Well, she had, yeah, but what happens when that runs out? Well, yeah, well, she does have, the, like you said, a lot of drug money. That's cool. That's one thing. But she also, maybe she she's not looking for anything more. Maybe, 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 I mean, obviously everybody's looking for more. But her life wasn't horrendous. In, in, in other words, she had food on her table. She had a house over her head, she had a roof over her head. She had her children, you know, that loved her and that she was decent to as well. So all that stuff kind of remains the same. Now the difference is the difference is right. Right. She can move on now because she now knows what happened to her husband. And she also made up with her mother. So that may be enough. And, you know, that may be enough. Maybe the emotional change, because, you know, as, as we see in the last scene, she's now a fox, right? I mean, you know, she's a desire. She's going to be a confident woman now. So I, but I see your point, Kevin, which, you know, where we see a lot of films where someone that's in dire straits has to do something, they do it, and then the film ends. And, and then you wonder, go, yeah, but what happens? Their life still is terrible. This woman's life really isn't yeah. that terrible. It's it's not not wealthy. And again, her mother has money, so it's not like she's going to be thrown onto the street if she does run out of money. And she still is probably getting you know welfare or, or whatever, whatnot. But but she's a clean person. She's not like living in slums or anything like that. So. I think that may be the answer, Kevin. Thoughts, Kevin? Well, it, again, yeah, I mean, she's made up with her mother, and that's wonderful. Um, she, Her son's starting to talk again, even better. Um, you know, she has more self-confidence, and she's not going to let herself be a doormat. That's fantastic. Uh, makeup or no makeup, I thought she was attractive. So, but the thing is, she stout now. She kind of has this. She's asserting self confidence. She's asserting a. Um, I mean, that self confidence, like I can do anything, but more of a. I'm not going to take crap if I don't have to. Um, you know, she's kind of come into herself, and that and and all that is great. You know, she's. Um, but my whole thought is, is that you see, you know, it's like I 
you know, I, I can conquer the world type of things like great, wonderful. But when the drug money runs out, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, that drug money is not going to last. Right. But before oh, yeah. she but had the drug money, she, she was, was she still before. fine. Yeah, she was fine. It might not have been great life, but she was fine. And she might now with this confidence and being able to move on, find other options like working because she did have her mom that could watch the kids. So, right. right. And that and the thing is, is that I part of me would have liked to have seen that part of me would have liked to have seen the um, maybe just come yeah, 12 months maybe, later type of thing. Well, not even that, but just, yeah, maybe just like that or, you know, I mean, it's like you go through the credits and all of a sudden, like through the credits, you just show a picture. It's like she's just staring at the camera. And it's like in that in that camera, she's exuding that that self-confidence or the I'm about to turn psycho. I don't know. But the thing is, is that they could have just had this like you know, six months later or something like that, where she just says to her mom or her mom says, Oh, did you have a nice day at work dear? Or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I understand that she is now a different person. She is, you know, a stronger person, but you don't know what's going to happen to her. I mean, obviously, no one's going to go after her for revenge because no one knows she did it. Right, right, right. They just say that's the cool thing. We have the monologue of the news playing over that saying uh, it appears that it was a drug hit. And and so, as we know, with the cops, when there's a drug hit, it doesn't matter. (laughs) They're not going to take care. Well, I mean, like the news says, you know, it's apparently it was a mob, you know, it's like a gang mob hit. You know, there might be a gang war. But I mean, they, it could have even just been her on the phone. Could have been have a quick thing on the her on the phone, just saying, "Oh yeah, you know, hey mom, hey mom, can you watch it?" I mean, because you could have had her say, "Hey mom, can you watch the kids?" I have to go to work, you know, on Monday or something like that, and that would have shown you one, she had a job that she was being more self supportive, and that things are going better with her and her mother because now. She's having this this um, communication with her mother. She's more comfortable with her kids spending time with the mother. The mother wants to have more time with the, with her kids and all that. In other words, you would see a better relationship just with that one phone conversation. But you don't get it. You know, right. It, well, I it, think it, instead, that- like I said, instead, like halfway through the credits or at the end of the credits, you just see her staring at the camera. Right, and smiling or whatever. It's kind of like this, this not like a big smile, but kind of like... Like a Mona Lisa smile. Yeah, but it's just, okay, but what's the point? Right. Well, no, I, those are all fair things. They're the fair things. But I, I will state that the conversation she had with her mother, where they made up, I think that may have been enough to get that part through so having a second conversation i I, I, but it would have been nice to see it develop yeah that's true but but then all i mean this was the the climax was was the the big revenge scene right so i think the intention of the writer slash and director because they were different people was to have the big climax at the end 
and then really just show that she's more confident and then go to credits. But I guess, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm always like that with you know a lot of films. It would be like, oh, I would love to see what you know happens to these characters, you know, a, a week later, you know. But you know, we're already in credits, and we're not going to have a sequel, and, and that, and so it would be it. I want to make sure that she's going to be all right. I mean, you can have, you can be strong and self confident, and then like have no money. Or, yeah, but again, I think Barrett's point and my point are valid, which is she still had enough money that she wasn't living on the street and in, in actual slums. No, that is true. I just, all right, I, 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 I just don't see a, I, I just don't see a clear. This is, you know, this is her future. Right. Well, that's true. But her life is better. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, I I see your point, though. Technically, she's static. Um, After, even after what happened, in the sense that she still doesn't have a job. And... And whatnot, she, you know, she's so she's living off the state, most likely, or and maybe some from what from her mother. Um, she does have some drug money, as Barrett mentioned. But you're right. I mean, what happens? What, what? Where will she be in two years from now? Will she still be a single mother of two young children, without a job, collecting money from a state, and, and probably uh, living in a apartment that is funded by the state maybe maybe and maybe when she goes to the grocery store you know she's going to have to penny pinch as you you know as we saw at the beginning where you know she had to make sure she had the, the right amount of money or or she had to put stuff back so you're right you're, you're right her, her life could still be a bit of a struggle um but i think barrett your point which is she's down more confident more settled has has taken back her life in a sense she could be the type that would be able to now since she is back friendly with her mother have her children be dropped off for a couple of hours while she's working at the grocery store or the local bar or whatever um and again that's not necessarily a lot of money but but it's it's, an it's an income exactly yeah yeah so you're right is going out on a date. Right, yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, right? I mean, she is a widow, and she's still young, and now that she has closure with her husband, maybe, you know, she could probably, like you said, yeah, go on a date now, too, with, with people as well. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and that's all fear. Um all right, so now we're at about two hours in. Um, any other th- scenes anybody wanted to bring up or any more thoughts on any of this stuff? Nope. Nope. All right, fair enough. All right, so uh, let's give our uh, final thoughts on the film. Uh, we'll start with you, Barrett, this time. I really enjoyed this film. Um, I think I enjoyed it even a little more after talking through it. Um, I think... 
Sarah Bolger, the actress that plays the main role, it does an incredible job as the lead. Um, she pulls it off really well. And the plot I really enjoyed, and I think it's a great revenge film, and I highly recommend it. All right. Yep. Uh, for me, um, yeah, this, this film is awesome. Uh, the action ending um, that wasn't really action-y, it was, was, it was more thorough was, was fantastic. Um, you, you liked the character a lot, so for her to do what she did was awesome. The character wasn't a superhero. Uh, you know, like a lot of these films do, they make some person that's, or specifically maybe even a woman uh, in dire straits suddenly become this powerhouse vengeful montage where they exercise and learn how to shoot a gun and all that crap. They didn't have any of that here. They had a woman that couldn't move the body because it was too heavy. Uh, a woman who uh, was just a regular person who really went out and did what she had to do uh, without any of these stupid things that we see in films today. Um, so so it, was, it was very realistic that way. Um, and and uh, the smart screenwriting, we mentioned a number of points in, the, in our discussion of the smart screenwriting. Um, acting was great. Directing was great. And um, the the movie was was just uh, a phenomenal phenomenal uh, thriller slash dark drama as you called it, Kevin. Uh, and a big high recommend by me. It's it's again it's my favorite genre film of 2020. Uh, Kevin, I really can't add anything to it. This was a good um, was a it was a good movie. Definitely. Uh, built up pretty well and worth a watch. All right. Sounds good. So once again, this, uh, uh, was released in the States anyway. Uh, um, I think late, late November, early December, um, as, as a, a shutter release, uh, so we'll, we're going to call it a, a 2020 released film, uh, because that's when, here in North America could watch it. Um, the film is, as we mentioned, available on Shutter. Uh, so if you subscribe to Shutter, you can uh, watch it. Uh, Shutter usually does offer a two-week trial period um, and whatnot. And, and even if you did become a subscriber, it's only like five bucks a month. Um, and uh, watching one movie a month pretty much pays for it. Um, the movie, I'm not sure if it can be. It's found anywhere else because I, I never bothered looking to see if it was uh, in any other location or if the disc has come out yet. But uh, it's definitely a film you should start looking out for um, and search to see if it's elsewhere. Even if you don't have Shutter, uh, whether you like uh, hard copy or VOD. Uh, but uh, once again, high recommend uh, and uh, check it out. So with all that stated. Barrett, why don't you do this out? Thanks for joining us at uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. We look forward to you joining us in our next uh, talk. 